0: You desire the things of God. Maybe you've watched the Olympics this past week. I know some of you are interested in participating that way through maybe the swimming events. I've been watching men's basketball and different things. But you know, the original reason the Olympics were created by the Greeks was so that people could receive glory. Because the Greeks valued the glory of self as the greatest thing to be achieved. Believers are different though We value glory, but we value glory in a different way because the greatest glory that we can have Is to give glory to God That's why we sing That's why we're gathered here today. We're not just here because it's on the schedule We don't just sing songs because they're in the book or it's something new We give praise and glory to the king of kings and to the lord of lords And so I want to encourage you worship him today with your whole heart Worship him with everything you have and then receive his word With gladness Matthew chapter 13 we begin looking at verse 1 That same day jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea And great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables saying, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Then the disciples came and said to him, "'Why do you speak to them in parables?' Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes. and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. How do you hear the voice of God? That's not a question that can be taken lightly, and it's not a new question. How do you hear the voice of God? Of God How do you hear other people's voices? A Number of years ago, I visited a church member who had just moved into a duplex She had a neighbor next to her who had lost his ability to speak and she had trouble with her hearing and through sitting together in Conversation I asked this dear sweet lady. How are you getting along with your new neighbor? And she said well, he can't speak and I can't hear so we get along just fine. I'm convinced that sometimes the way our relationship with God is. Because we don't really believe that the God of the Bible speaks, we no longer hear. And the danger for us is that we would get so caught up in everything that we're doing that we would fail to hear the voice of God, to no longer hear His sound, and not even realize it. Jesus goes out on a boat. He gets out on the sea. If you can imagine this scene, the crowd gathers together on the shore off the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus uses this boat out in the water for his pulpit. The crowds are gathered around standing to hear what he has to say, and he begins to speak to them in parables. Now, we know something about parables, do we not? parables either conceal their meaning to those who do not hear to those who do not understand they either conceal or they reveal To those who have been given the vision and the sight and the hearing to see and to hear the gospel and so much of Jesus's sermons use farming analogies here And this is no different and he says he who has ears to hear let him hear they used in that day and in that time for farming What was known as broadcast sowing? I don't know if you've ever gathered together a bag of salt to help get the ice off of your driveway Or maybe you're like me and you want to make a token effort when the church has salt on the sidewalks in the driveway And you really don't know what you're doing So you just grab a bunch of salt and start throwing it everywhere That was similar to the way that they did it in New Testament times. They would throw the seed around and they would scatter it. And so the people would have been familiar to what was happening and Jesus talks about what happens to each of those seeds that are scattered. Some of them, he says, scatter along the path, and the birds came, and they devour them. They're right there by the wayside. They're extra leftover seed. Some of those seeds fall along rocky ground where they did not have much soil. If you've ever been to Israel, you know it has lots of rocky terrain, not a lot of place to take root. And immediately they sprang up, but since they had no depth of soil, when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. He describes some more seeds. They fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. And then there were the seeds that fell on the good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Now many would not have thought much of this story if not for Jesus' next statement in which he says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And that's when the disciples come in and they say, Lord, what did you mean by this statement? Why did you speak to them in parables? They ask in verse 10. And beginning in verse 11, Jesus says, To you it has been given to know the secrets, the mystery of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see... Hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. And he goes back to the prophecy of Isaiah fulfilled that says, you will hear, but never understand, and you will see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. Paul describes what they did a little later on in Romans chapter 1 when he says they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And they worshipped the creature rather than the creator. Boy, if that doesn't describe our culture today, what does? And just as they had rejected Isaiah, so now they reject the one who Isaiah talks about, Jesus himself. I wonder how many times we miss hearing the message of God for a whole variety of reasons. But at the root of all of those reasons is the deception of my heart. The heart that says I can make it apart from God. We look, but we don't see. We hear what we don't understand. And the danger for you is that you would turn a blind eye or a deaf ear to the things of God and not even realize it. There's something known as the mosquito tone that's being used on certain cell phones nowadays. The reason it's being used is because if you're over the age of 25, you cannot hear it. And so some teenagers have gotten the bright idea in classrooms to use this tone to make calls or to send text messages because the teachers who are normally over the age of 25 can't hear the tone. And all the teenagers in the room woke up and took notes at that message. The reason is because of the tone that it makes and the frequency that it has. Your ears begin to grow dull as you get older to where you reach a certain age and you can no longer hear the tone in the frequency that you once could when you were younger. And so it's only available to those who have young ears. It's the way it is in the kingdom of God, too. You can hear the message of God for a long time, but if you continually reject that message as you grow older, you eventually reach the point where you no longer hear because your ears have been dulled. The danger is disobedience. The danger is rejection to the point of which you no longer hear the voice of God. And worse than that, you don't even realize it. But then Jesus looks at the disciples and he says, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear for truly I say to you, any prophets and righteous people, many of them long to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. You think of Simeon and Anna who spent years and decades of their lives around the temple. And then when Mary and Joseph showed up with the baby Jesus, my eyes have seen the Lord. You are seeing what others longed and wished they could see. You are hearing what others only dreamed they would one day be able to hear. And so he begins to reveal this parable of the sower he starts with the first type when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it the evil one comes snatches away what has been sown in his heart so this is what was sown along the path and so satan's desire throughout history is to get you to doubt the goodness of god ask people who are out of church ask people who don't believe in god Ask people who are bitter with God and almost always you will find a common theme that they doubt that God is good. That's what Satan does at the very beginning. He does it with Adam and Eve. Did God really say? And so they don't hear it. They don't understand it. It doesn't take root. The second type is that rocky ground. This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. They're emotional, they're enthusiastic, and yet he has no root in himself. He endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of this word, immediately he falls away. And when the sun rose, they were scorched. Because light always exposes darkness. And if your life is not grounded in the Word of God, you too, he says, will fall away. The times in which we live, this is especially true. This isn't a Jesus that is basing your life on praying a prayer or walking an aisle. This is a Jesus who says, your fruit is ultimately going to reveal your root. This is a Jesus who says, the evidence of your salvation will be played out over the course of your life and not in a momentary moment of joy. Moves on to the third type. He says, this third type went among thorns. This is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke that word, and it proves unfruitful. Hadn't Jesus said earlier that it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God? the love of money being the root of all evil. Are you in love with the world? Do you long for its lifestyles, for its values, for its promises that never are fulfilled? You say, no, I'm not in love with the world. Well, you date with regard to godliness in a future spouse, no regard at all. You live each day with no desire to reach those around you for the gospel. You define your values by your politics rather than by the principles of God's Word. Jesus is talking to you if that's the case. And then he describes this good soil. This is the one who hears the Word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in once 100-fold, in another 60, in another 30. Now here's the question. What's the difference... Between the one who perceives and the one who does not perceive. This isn't the first time we've had this played out. Remember Samuel, sleeping next door to Eli, hears the voice of God. Samuel comes back and responds Here's your servant, Lord, I hear. He hears the word of the Lord, he obeys. Eli's own sons refuse to listen. What makes the difference? Is there a readiness and a willingness to perceive what God says to me? And I'm convinced sometimes we unintentionally come in the same way. We come in with a heart that's not willing to listen to God. A hard heart rather than a receptive heart. And the consistent warning throughout Scripture is harden not your hearts. So much of the Christian life is totally dependent on hearing the Word of God. People in times of desperation would often wait on the Lord through His prophets. And maybe you've heard this passage broken down before where they debate how many people are really saved and how many people are backslid and how many people we think might have been saved but just fell away. I believe just a straightforward reading of this text, there's only one group that was saved, and that's the one that produced Here's why. Jesus says, by their fruits, you are the one who will know them. A farmer only has use for seeds that bear fruit. And if you bear no fruit, you have no root. And what counts in your life is not profession of faith, but perseverance in faith. It's what the scriptures describe as a secret or a mystery. These people, they want Jesus to take the throne of Israel when what he's really after is the throne of their heart. And so many times we look at people and we say, well, it's not my place to judge. But Jesus says, in fact, it is your place to judge. He says, you are to judge with right judgment. And one day the saints will judge the world. And that judgment begins with the household of God. And he says, you shall know them by their fruit. Jesus has an episode in the scripture where it almost seems like he loses it just a little bit, doesn't he? where he's walking outside of town and he sees this dead fig tree and he puts a curse on the fig tree. And the disciples are like, what is going on here? Why is is God the Son cursing this tree? And Jesus says, because it did not yield fruit. For those who fall away, they went out from us. Why, the scripture tells us. Because they were not of us. And the danger for any of us in this room or listening within the sound of my voice or in this entire world is that we would hear the word and not understand or that we would see the word and not perceive. How easy it is to be right close to the action and still completely miss it. You know, when Mount St. Helens erupted in the 80s, it was one of the loudest sounds ever recorded People could hear the eruption from up to 600 miles away. It's a way to make an impact if you want to get your voice heard. But did you know because of the center of gravity and because of the way the explosion occurred, there were people who were right next to the mountain who could not hear any of it. Because the sound went straight up over the top of them. And expanded out but it created a vacuum to where they couldn't hear what was happening matter of fact some people who were interviewed said that had they not turned around they never would have known that an eruption took place in the first place even though they were right next to it these people are right next to God the Son he's preaching the word they see it but they don't perceive they hear it but they don't understand How tragic it would be for you to be right next to the Word of God and still completely miss it. It's so easy for us to do that. And so what do we have to do? How do we make sure that our hearts are receptive for the Word, that God's Word does not return void in our lives, that we're not simply hearers of the Word but doers of the Word? I think it starts with confession of sin, with admitting that we need the things of God. And then it starts with looking to the one who put us here in the first place. You remember the story of Elisha, who was, the, who was kind of the mentee of the mentor Elijah? He asked God for a double portion of everything that Elijah had, didn't know what he was asking for, prayed for that. And one day Elisha is under attack from a false king And his servant is with him, and his servant tries to wake Elijah up and says, if you don't look around the hills, there are all of these chariots coming to take you out. We've got to do something. And Elisha says, I wouldn't worry about it if I were you. There's more with us than there are for them. And the servant continues to panic. And what is it that Elisha prays for that servant? Lord, open his eyes that he might see. Is that not what we need today more than anything else? Lord, open our eyes that we might see. Lord, open our ears that we might hear. So that when the Word of God comes to us, we do not receive it with deafness and with dullness, but we receive it with gladness. and We receive it with obedience. And we live with Jesus Christ and we learn that what he said is so true that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That we believe what he says in his word that it shall not return. void. that when you've heard a word from the Lord, you will never be the same. That when you come to him in repentance and in faith, receiving his word, obeying his word... That God does something in you that you will never find anywhere else. And he says, blessed are your eyes for they see and blessed are your ears for they hear. And blessed are you for you understand. And as long as you have breath, the voice of God can still be heard. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the broadcast. If you found it helpful, please consider sharing it with your family and friends. For more information, check us out online at barryefields.com.